Welcome to the first episode of Check Your Mic, a podcast where we talk about things such as Magic the Gathering, video games, anime, and cars, if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, I'm Broganite, and today joining me is Zach, the creator and owner of Cockatrice, um, and a basic um, short overview of Cockatrice is that it's a digital platform where, um, on the PC specifically, um, where people can um, play and uh, enjoy Magic the Gathering and able other tabletop games. Um, Zach, is, is that a good like explanation of Cockatrice, or is there more to it than that? I feel like that's a great starting point. Gotcha. A few things to add. Possibly, we're available on all platforms related to computing, so that would be PC, Windows, as well as Mac, OS X, and Linux, all distros. And a little bonus for your viewers, we're actually working on moving towards mobile platforms. That's hopefully going to come out in, uh, I want to say, I'm, I'm aiming for about 9 to 12 months from now, but we'll see where things roll out from there. Okay, very cool. Them. Awesome, awesome. Um... So, quick introduction, um, for those of you who don't know Zach, um, what's your age, um, what's your, like, favorite music genre, and, um, do you prefer pineapple on pizza, or do you not prefer pineapple on pizza? Those are a few random points, but let's go through them anyway. So, I'm 24, favorite music genre, who question i think it would have to be rock going back to classics with billy joel oh. and pineapple and pizza seems solid as a new yorker it's very hit or miss depending on where you go so music and pineapple and pizza have some similarities with each other <laughs> i am also 24 um my favorite mu music genre um a lot like probably alternative rock and punk um, I love All American Rejects, Linkin Park. Um, like, I can always go back to them and enjoy them. Like, there's never a time where I'm like, oh, I don't want to listen to this. So I have to say they're pretty solid for me. Um, and I despise pineapple on pizza. Like, I do not like it <laughs> in any way, shape, or form on my pizza. Fresh pineapple is great. I love pineapple by itself. But when it's on pizza, it just it's a it's a huge miss for me. So. You're gonna cause a riot. I the am gonna cause a riot. Very split on pineapple or no pineapple. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. So, um, uh, let's let's get into our questions, because um, this is an interview uh, for with you, Zach, and I want to uh, get to know you better and uh, talk about cockatrice and uh, things about it. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is, um, who is your favorite commander and why? Good question. If I'm playing magic, it's usually the commander format. Commander mm -hmm. just happens to be, in my opinion, the best format to play, to have a good time while not being too competitive with your friends. And it has such a great sliding scale that you can go from a casual group to the most competitive hardcore group without even blinking an eye. When I'm playing casually and having fun, I always suit up Experiment Crash as my basis. 
Crash is just so silly with what he can do, and the whole point of the deck is to find a four or five card combo. Mm-hmm. And there are about 22 or 23 different assemblies of these four or five cards, but it's just so much fun when I just work with the table and like, let me do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a threat until I win the game eventually, right. if I get that far. Right. So for sure, Crash is my favorite move. If I'm going a bit more competitive, I play Vile Smasher with Thrasios. Those oh, two together go. provide a four-color bomb set that mm-hmm. allows me to have access to every critical card of magic and just sweep the board away every single time. Nice. Um, I haven't been playing Command... Well, I guess Magic the Gathering for a crazy long time, just on and off for about eight years. Um, Commander, I have been playing... Um, probably for, I want to say, f- four years on and off. Uh, so about half the time I've been actually playing Magic. And um, I have found a lot of fun playing um, Tribal Decks, specifically. Um, so that's Slivers, Ur-Dragon Tribal. Um, Slivers have to, be, have to be my favorite. Um, I just love... I, I Immediately when I put out i i like a hive lord i know it's not um i know isn't it like sliver queen and first sliver that are really the most competitive commanders for slivers at least with slivers in particular it's usually sliver overlord because it has the tutor effect okay. but slivers in itself is so much fun that's mm-hmm. actually where i got the idea of crash from Oh. You probably have seen it as well, but slivers gets hated out by the table very quickly. Oh yeah, because of how aggressive it is. Mm-hmm. I go the same plan with experiment crash, except no one really understands how experiment crash works until I say, "I'm going to put a plus one plus one counter on this," and then you're all dead now. <laughs> yeah, um, it's people have seen slivers enough that they're like, "Yeah, that's a uh, that's." A problem or going to be a problem most likely um i run it a bit slower with the uh, glands that come in tapped and things of that sort so that it's not insanely bad so that i give people time to deal with it because i play at a power level with most people that it's when i do don't play those types of lands in the deck then it just they're just too fast and too too strong so um speaking of uh slivers a recent set that has come out is times far remastered and they did a lot of reprints of slivers and um i have a few packs of times Spy remastered here today that i would like to bust open throughout the um duration of the podcast um and when i feel spicy i'll just break one out is that okay with you yeah let's open them okay cool um Let's, uh, I'm going to take a look at how many questions we have, and I can kind of gauge where we're looking at where I want to open them. Let's, let's do, let's do, um, let's do one now, because I don't want to be teasing and say, yeah, I don't want to be teasing and say, hey, guess what? I have these, now, now we're going to wait. <laughs> So, let's open the first one. Get that off of there. And for me, I'm going to see all... You and me are going to see all these backwards, unfortunately. Because, uh... 
I'll skip forward through... Actually, I really do care about the slivers. So, second card, we have <laughs> Battering Sliver. Battering Sliver was a lot of fun. Getting Trample on your team is great. Six mana is a bit hard for Trample. Yeah. You would have better luck with Thunder Sliver, I believe, which is three and a green or two and a green. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know, like, the cards that are, that are common, if any in here, that are worth anything. So, I'm just going to go through, basically... You never know. Yeah, you never know. The whole part of cracking packs, that's fun. Yeah. I get to do it as much as I'd like, even though I buy five or six boxes a set, and I'm just like, yeah, I'll open these for a draft eventually one day. Oh, heck yeah. I'm actually, I really love that I got this. Ah, I got Harmonic. Harmonic Sliver. Dude. One of the better Slivers. Yeah. Good reprint, much needed. Aura Shards, basically. So Exactly. Uh, I am I'm very happy with that um, as my first uncommon in that pack. And then we have Primal Force Mage as the second uncommon. If it elf. It's all backwards. Um, Street Wraith. Street Wraith is such a great card, especially because you can cycle it for free. You're essentially playing a 56 card deck with four Street Wraiths. Doesn't want to. Come on. It doesn't want to work. Uh, well, it has Swamp Walk. It's a five cost uh, cycling to pay two pay two life to draw a card. Um, and then, ooh, not bad. You got a Fungus Sliver as my rare. Ah, rare fung a mythic rare Fungus Sliver. Slivers have whenever it deals damage, put a counter on it, and it must survive. That makes sense. Huh, that's a pretty sweet one. I don't remember seeing that Sliver before. It has some value. Especially if you can give slippers first or double strike to get multiple triggers off that ability. Mm -hmm. And for my time shifted. Hey, uh, swag tusks. <laughs> solid. <laughs> so I got that. And, uh, and a cute little kobold uh, token. So, the kobolds are a hilarious tribe. Just Cheerios at their <laughs> finest. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So that's it for the first pack. Let's go ahead and hop over to um, our second question here. Move this out of the way so I don't damage any of anything. Any of anything. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Um, how did you come up with the idea for Cockatrice? So Cockatrice's original idea wasn't actually my own. It was done by a man named Max Berkey from Germany. And his envision and his vision rather was to create a service where users can play any open source tabletop simulator game that they want. So think of tabletop simulator on Steam, but a primitive version of it. Mm -hmm. And we just took it from there where Max did most of the original work aided by a nice man named Gavin and another guy named Woodrow. And I hopped on a few years after the start, but I helped lead the vision. So the entire premise of the project still and always has been provide a way for users to play any type of card game they want with an anti-cheat server and a way to interact with new and friends. That's very cool. Um, I, I was very curious about this because, um, I thought originally that you were like the mastermind behind everything because you're kind of the owner 
of uh, the Discord server, correct? Yeah. It's a common misconception on who first founded and started everything. Mm -hmm. But it comes down to, with open source projects, you have someone called a maintainer. And the maintainer is theoretically the owner of the project. And that ownership gets passed down from generation to generation. In computing term, realistically, that's only a few years at a time. Gotcha. So I am considered the fourth or third. No, I'm considered the third owner of the Cockatrice platform past Max, who gave it to Gavin, who gave it to me. And I've been leading the project. How long has it been? It's been about three years now, I think. But I've been on with the project for many more than that, seven or eight at this point. Wow. So yeah, it's an oldie, but it's still <laughs> well-loved. And it still gets regular updates from my lovely team of developers. You have a whole team of developers, then? Yes, me, myself, I, and Ebit, <laughs> who is a very big help around the project. That's Since cool. we're open source, anyone and everyone who wants to contribute can. Gotcha. So we get a few rogue PRs or pull requests over time from individuals who are making slight code changes to help us out. But for the general roadmap of the project, uh, I bounce all, all of my ideas off with EBIT, and we come together to come up with a solution for how do we want to take the project. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to ask the next, que next question and also um, add a little more to it. But uh, So you're not the one who created Cockatrice, was it cockatrice, cockatrice, or cockatrice? I don't know. So I leave it up to interpretation of the user. Oh, okay. I call it cockatrice. However, anyone and everyone who pronounces it in any way, I've heard trice, cockatrice, cockatrice. It's all the same. Have fun with what you do. Okay. It's not cool. my job to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, you could if you wanted to. I don't think anyone, I think they would accept whatever you had to say. Eh, arbitrary power is not required. <laughs> Let the folks have themselves. Gotcha, gotcha. That's fair, that's fair. Um, so, were there any major hurdles, um, like, in here I have the during the creation process, but knowing that, do you know of any, I guess, um, have you heard of anything that people before that originally created it or owned it had really big problems with? And what big problems have you had maintaining uh, the server? Great question. So while I wasn't around at the very, very beginning, mm -hmm. I didn't jump in too far after. Okay. And with this project, some of the biggest issues we had are since it's written in C++, which is a programming language where you have to manage your memory yourself, mm -hmm. it's very easy to introduce a memory leak. And a memory leak causes the program to take resources from your computer. So if you have 8 gigs or 16 gigs of RAM on your system, right? Cockatrice might grab a little bit at a time and then not give it back. And all of a sudden, the program's going to ask for more and more and more until it's like your system says, I don't have any more to give you. Your time to run has been cut short. Gotcha. So memory leaks have been one of the biggest hindrances for this project, mm. as well as packaging and distribution for the general public. Once I came on board about seven or eight years ago now, 
I brought a lot of changes towards our packaging. I moved this over to Travis CI, which allowed us to better distribute our product. I worked with a few of the developers at the time, such as Fabio, to identify and isolate these different memory leaks to uh, reduce the burden on our user base. And going towards today, I still work towards identifying all major memory leaks, keeping the program as operational as possible, and playing to the future. From the past few years of managing all of these different components, we have seen zero major spikes in memory usage across the board, which is fantastic for a program of this size and scale where nothing really gets leaked anymore. That's good. That's really good to hear. Yeah, that sounds like it would be an extremely big problem. Uh, did that like, so did it like cause the program to like stop responding and then people were like, why isn't it working or like, what's the biggest problem that they saw when using it, when it came to that point? For those type of issues and the most common type were system crashing because if a program asks for too much memory and you don't have it, it just crashes. That's what your operating system does to protect itself. Gotcha. And more so, the crashing was our biggest concern on the server side versus the user side. Because as a user, you're only going to have the program open probably a couple hours at a time, maybe mm -hmm. even a day if you forget to close it. Right. That's really not a huge deal, especially if you're not doing anything active. Mm -hmm. Versus the server is up 24-7 as long as we can keep it going. Right. When I first joined the project, the server had to be rebooted once a week. And that's just because it took too many resources too quickly and we had to just clear the file system out. Dang. As of this point, I'm able to sustain a server for six months at a time without having to issue a reboot. And that's solely because I now issue security fixes every few weeks. And sometimes these security fixes require me to pull down the server. So that's where the memory leak issue, in my opinion, was solved, where I am no longer memory bound. I am now operating system bound, where I have to update the system in order to keep things safe and secure for our user base. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, we all appreciate you doing that so that you don't, so things don't crash. It makes it a lot easier for us. So it's a hard job, but it's challenging, which I love it. And it's very rewarding when I get a miscellaneous email or two thanking me for all I've done for them. Yeah. It's the little things that make it worth it in the end. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize the work that goes behind something like this um they probably think oh you just program it to do these things and then that's it that's all you gotta do but there's upkeep that's required so oh uh, yeah yeah this project has been 20 to 40 hours a week for the past seven or eight years like i've said and it's still a work in progress we recently went through and pruned all of the ideas that the community has suggested to us. Mm -hmm. And we still have over 300 active issues that we're working to solve. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> as many as it was before, at least. Well, that's, you know, you're working on getting to where you need to be. So and that's all you can do. <laughs> so, um... Are there any plans to change the UI for the platform? So I hinted to this in your intro a little bit, but mm -hmm. we do have some UI changes coming. 
I'm not going to say in the distant future. It's a while away still. Gotcha. I've put together a new team of developers working on a brand new version of Cockatrice. Oh. That'll be supported on mobile as right. well as on browser. Okay. And our whole goal is to allow both forwards and backwards compatibility between those who want to use the downloaded client and those who want to use mobile or browser to play with us. And we're just seeing what can we solve? How can we make it better? What fallacies or faults did we come across with the client that we can now solve the second time through? Gotcha. So many months away still, still really a beta, not even maybe an alpha, where we're just seeing what happens if we put these components together and how can we make these two programs talk? And we're just seeing where we go from there. Very cool. So you're working on it. Yep, that is probably my highest priority project right now. Just because I found it reasonable to fund such a project. Gotcha. Because the download client is a little bit antiquated in my opinion. And we're just looking for new ways to rejuvenate the project. I see. Well, I think it's time to open another pack. What do you think? Let's do it. Okay. This one has a sliver on the front of it. Very cool. I really, really like like the packaging for this set. If I'm being completely honest. Remastered is a solid set. It has a lot of great value, a lot of needed reprints, and it, overall it's just a great way to help give back to the community on what they missed out. Mm -hmm. oh, when was Times 2004? Come on. Give me those slivers. Give me those slivers. Come on now. Time Spiral is 06. I was close. Oh, here's one. We have Limp Sliver, which has... Uh, come on. Great art on that one. Which has the Slivers should have Absorb. Absorb is a very underrated mechanic. It's similar to flanking, in my opinion. It's a miscellaneous gimmick, but it still had its purpose. Yeah. Our first uncommon is what is this? Rift marked knight. Actually, know that one. Ah, uh, it has suspend and flanking. Not flanking. Yep. Okay. So flanking is also around the set. Also protection from black. So. For Solid. Playing. And uh, the suspend when the last time counter is removed from rift marked knight while it's exiled, create a two-two black knight creature token with flanking protection from white and haste. So that's pretty cool. We have Imperiosaur, a dinosaur. I like dinosaurs. I think that was one that was redone from a lizard to a dinosaur in the reprint. Oh. Got shifted over when Ixalan came out. I see. We have Calciderm. Trout hmm. and Vanishing. It's a 5 5 for 4. Solid card. Yeah. Very nice. And. Oh! Well, I'm not going to spoil what the time shifted is quite yet, but um, we have for our rare. Care Keep, Solid Care Land. Keep. Yep, legendary land. Add colorless one, uh, colorless and then a mountain tap. Create a zero one red cobalt creature token named Cobalts of Kirkheap. 
very nice. Hmm. And I think this makes the pack well worth it. Hey, it's Kiki Jiki. Kiki Jiki. Yeah, time shifted. That's pretty cool. Really a fan of the old frames. You are or not? I'm really a fan of them. Yeah. <laughs> some people don't like it. Some people think they're throw up. But I think, well, maybe back then looking back at them, but having them reprinted and looking at them now, I think they look really cool. I don't know. That might yeah. just be me. But yeah, that's a, that's a very good pull. And we have a cute little spider. With reach. So, nice. That's our token. Well, very cool. Oh. Let's uh, not knock the whole table over here. <laughs> um, let's keep going. Yeah, let's let's keep let's keep it going. What is your setup and software for running the Cockatrice server? And what programming so, language do you use for it? Which you said you use C plus plus, but do you use any others? Yeah. So, let's answer your questions in order: the setup and software running. Yeah. Uh, I personally have a slew of computing machines around me at all times. Right now, I see four. No, Holy there's a fifth cow. one on below my desk. I have five machines sitting around me right now. So, wow. Any and all of them, ranging from Windows to Mac to Linux, it really doesn't matter. I'm comfortable in most environments. So, really, my setup is uh, install an integrated development environment or an IDE. And load up the Cockatrice runtime package, which is a part of the GitHub repo. Essentially, you just download the repo, open it in any intelligible IDE, and it just works. That's the beauty of how far we've taken this project. In the past, you've had to follow a very long and complicated route in the wiki. Now it's just like, here are two commands, three commands, run these, open the program, you're good to go from here. Very cool. Programming language-wise... C++, like I said, and we use the Qt framework, which is a user interface framework. So it gives us a graphical user interface, which is what you see physically on the computer. Mm -hmm. And between those two, we also integrate Google Protobuf connections. So think of how our server talks to our client. You could transmit data in many different ways. We went with the Protobuf connection to allow for a lean way of getting messages back and forth while also having compatibility both for future changes as well as all changes we've ever made. So theoretically, any version of Cockatrice ever released can talk with the latest version of the server. Oh, that's helpful. Just we put, yeah, just we put some artificial limits in place to ensure our users stay regularly updated with security fixes. Nice. Yeah, that would be really good. Really good. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys are, are making sure things are, are working the way they need to be working. And uh, I I think you we were just talking about the user interface again. Like, how hard is it to just, like, change, like, the way cards interact with the board state? I mean, like, enter and exit. Like, I guess... Were you there for when that was integrated into the actual, into integrated into Cockatrice, or have you just been monitoring it? So at this point in my career with this program, I've touched every single component gotcha. of the program. 
Mm-hmm. So while I didn't write the initial build, I can explain how it works and why it works. Mm. And the general gist of it is think of the board state like a two-dimensional plane, which is an X coordinate and a Y coordinate. Right. And you just move cards from XY to XY. The gotcha. server registers that and sends it to your opponent to update in real time. The stack, the hand, they all just have special values to the X or the Y coordinate to indicate, as well as the zones that they're in to show them on the UI for our users. It's really just a fancy version of Excel. (laughs) Now that I think think about about it, it, it's kind of like you made this artwork and now you're throwing it into Excel. (laughs) Kind of feels that way. When you explain that was that the way. general gist when it was first created it it's practically excel but it lets you play magic which i always thought was pretty cool that is really cool yeah it's you can do a lot with concepts that aren't necessarily like originally thought for that kind of thing so but yeah that makes it pretty simple to move stuff around so i like that um <clears throat> And you said you use C++. Do you use anything else? Did you say? So the program is just pure C++ with Qt framework to manage gotcha, right. UI as well as protobuf for connections. It's all fairly straightforward mm-hmm. in some way because <laughs> we keep everything simple that if you know C++, you don't really have to think too hard. It's pretty simple on what we're trying to accomplish here. Right. Just understanding our connection map is a bit tricky, which is how do each file and how do each component interact with each other. Gotcha. Um, let's move on to the next question. Um, now, some of these questions I realize you can find answers to, and uh, but I'm, I'm with all of these all in one place. Um, but do you have plans to ever host tournaments on Cockatrice? Or have you ever hosted tournaments on Cockatrice? So Cockatrice has always been the home of tournament organizers scheduling their own events. Mm -hmm. Whether it's local game stores during the pandemic trying to get their community together. Or whether it's a larger group trying to organize a paid tournament where they give away prizes for free to our competitors. The biggest thing I advocate for Cockatrice is all tournaments are free and open. You can't have any requirements for those who want to join Mm -hmm. as a third-party entity. Given that, we have supported the Magic League group, which ran... uh, They were around for forever. I think they started in like 2006, and they went until about 2018. And Cockatrice was their home where they ran their own tournaments and gave away prizes to folks who played. In the recent few years... A few different groups have popped up. I can think of three or four. Sorry for forgetting the names, but the main one nowadays is the Marchesa group. And they're actually hosting their big event on Saturday this week, which is a competitive EDH tournament. Free to play, big prizes on the open. With that information, though, Mm -hmm. I also host my own series of events on Cockatrice. Last year, I hosted an event called Oktoberfest, where every weekend for the month of October, we held a bunch of different games and had mass uh, prize payouts to those who entered and did well. 
Do I see Cockatrice having more tournaments in the future? Absolutely. Do okay. I see myself running any of those tournaments? I'm not certain yet. It really comes down to there are tournament organizers out there who do such a great job. Mm-hmm. I've been organizing tournaments for quite a while, but having the ability to pass it off to a new entity is a real great feeling. The community yeah. is strong. Yeah. Uh, the compu- the community. <laughs> the community is huge. Like and hopefully it, it strives to continue to grow and not um decrease in size based on certain companies' choices. Um <laughs> uh but I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't think uh that's gonna happen. Um, but you never know the future. Um, let's, uh, let's move on to the next question. Um, what's the roadmap for the current platform or features you are planning to add or like to add? And I know you mentioned, uh, moving to, um, mobile and things of that sort, but is there anything else you have planned, um, I guess for the current platform on PC um, and uh, features that you'd like to add. So the roadmap contains everything and anything we're going to be doing for the next five years. Wow. And so you plan that yes, far out. It's a very long roadmap. Things get added and removed all the time, but it's a pretty much stay of the course kind of pace. And our goal is for the brand new web client and the legacy <laughs> application to have one-to-one compatibility so any new feature we add to one gets added to the other oh that's good that being said i don't have an exact roadmap to share however if you take a look at our github page which is github.com slash cockatrice slash cockatrice okay you'll be able to sort our tickets with a priority high priority tickets are the tickets we're looking at first followed by medium priority tickets followed by low priority tickets. And from within those bands, there's usually not an ordering except for high priorities on the order they need to get done in. But it gives a good gist on how long and when will we get to the feature you're looking for. So every ticket that comes into the system, whether it's community feedback, developer logs, or a crash report, we triage, identify priority, and send it off from there. And that's really how we monitor our system. Okay. Um, cool. Well, I hope that uh, those things that you're planning to add are very new and exciting and that the player base on Cockatrice can enjoy them. And hopefully they recognize <laughs> when they're added that there's a lot of work put behind it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't understand the amount of effort it goes into to provide them such a simple interface, but... <laughs> We still do it anyway because we love the game and love the community. Yeah, yeah. Um, except Joe Schmo over there who's picking his nose and saying he doesn't like to play the game because it's not the way it was in 1994. You know. <laughs> we also do support the 93-94 community, so I've seen tournaments around that community. Oh, very cool. And it's always hilarious watching them play. The biggest question I get from them is how do I change the card art to match the card art I'm looking for? So that's in the roadmap as well to allow for a better transition of card arts. Gotcha. 
Um, quick question. So I've seen some artwork. How is it hard? How hard is it to to like switch artworks from a card to a different artwork for a card? So I've been planning that particular feature out for many months. It's not necessarily hard. It's more so getting the logistics right. Mm -hmm. Card art is determined by a priority list. So when you're in the deck editor, if you go to manage sets, that's right. That is the order that cards are downloaded in. And if you change the order, it'll update the cards. However, people might want card A from a new set and card B from an old set. And if they were both in one of the same sets, you're not going to be happy either way. So right. right now there's an override system with the custom folder. However, I'm working on a way where you can pick the unique card art on a deck by deck basis. I see. I see. Um, let's, uh, let's go into the next question. Um, unless you're, is there anything else you'd like to, to add to that? Oh, let's keep going. Okay, perfect. Um, well, this will be a short answer. Um, is there a reason Cockatrice hasn't made it to the iOS or Android yet? Um, I know you said you're planning on it, but like, why hasn't it made it there at this point? The biggest challenge is accessibility and usability. I don't find Cockatrice to be up to standard allowing for folks who might have a disability to play on it. Mm -hmm. Two of the biggest complaints that I've personally seen and we've heard from are folks who are colorblind have some issues reading different texts, which we're trying to rectify, as well as users who are blind and use screen readers. Cockatrice doesn't always play nicely with that. Right. So moving to those different platforms, I want to have that down cold. Mm -hmm. And to do that, we're moving to the web client, which I've said a few times now, but yeah, that's where our main priorities lie. Right. Just trying to get our accessibility up to standard with the rest of the internet. Gotcha. And once I'm happy with that release, we'll be able to port it over for our mobile friends. Which for you, for which is really hard because there's always new crap coming out in the technology world. And so having to keep up with that you're probably having to change different things to even think about moving over to there. Still there? Yep. I think my cockatrice just decided, or not my cockatrice, well, um, <laughs> my Discord decided it wanted to poop out and we're back. Um, so we can just continue. Um, so let me actually make sure that I'm still recording in disc or in yep. my recording software. I'm not. So I'm glad I checked this. Okay. Um, here. Perfect. The magic of, uh, being able to <laughs> edit afterwards is great. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, so, what were we talking about? So you're asking me about porting over to iOS and Android, right? Yeah, and so oh yeah, I was talking about how 
the how how often and how hard is it to change based on the um, fast paced movement of technology? Technology, yeah. So technology changes every single day in mm -hmm. ways that no one understands. I don't even understand <laughs> half the things that happen. However, <laughs> there are people much smarter than me who have set best standard practices, uh -huh. and as such, we try to follow those practices to the dot. Right. giving our users the best possible experience no matter what technology we choose to work with gotcha makes sense use what other people are doing because <laughs> uh you don't have the time to keep track of it all yourself necessarily so, exactly yeah um let's uh let me see we only have a few more questions left so let's crack i have about five or six minutes for you mate Gotcha. Um, let's crack this pack open real quick. I was really excited to see Kiki, actually. I was really happy for, to see that in the last pack. So let's see what kind of slivers we get. Big yeah. money. Big money, big money, big money. <laughs> Show me the money. Come on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this is a common, but we got manatide. Manatiding. Manatide. Manatide is so much fun. <laughs> just drawing people. White counterspells. White? So what is... That's... They can't have counterspells. Um, we have lost aura mancers. That's an uncommon. Solid. I think we already saw that one. Um... That aside, we have Spore Sower Thalid. Fun fungus among us. <laughs> Utopia Mike. Oh my gosh. That's, uh, I'm, I'm so bad. He's I'm looking so, ahead. I'm so bad. I'm terrible. Always I'm looking terrible. ahead. What'd you get? We got a Lotus Bloom. Which is pretty cool. Hey, solid. Nice mythic. Pretty good hit. Happy with Suspend that. Suspend three for zero. Becomes a black lotus. And we have Dreadhorde Arcanist. For Ooh, that plays very fun. Or at least it did for a while in Legacy or Vintage. I forget which format it was popular in. Because of the one power, you're able to bring back so many nutty cards. Mm, I see. And we have a cute sapperling. So Adorable. Yes. All right, let's uh, talk about the next couple. Um, so why don't we work on that one more question for today? Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about this, so I was, uh, I wanted to talk about this uh, really badly. But what, what are your thoughts on the introduction of different IPs into Match at the Gathering, i.e. Walking Dead, um, Warhammer, and Lord of the Rings? So it's an interesting point. The way they did it in Akoria, I found to be spectacular, where it is a magic card. However, it was reskinned into an alternate theme. Right. And exactly. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. The way they did the Walking Dead secret layer, I didn't agree with. Right. They should have stuck with, even if they didn't print the cards yet, mm -hmm. they should have stuck with the model on this is a reskin of Magic Card X. Right. We'll print Magic Card X at some point. It won't be Walking Dead, but it'll still be the same card. Right. 
So provided they go back to the ways they've done it with Aquaria with the Godzilla, I think it'll be a lot of fun. It'll allow people to bring in their favorite parts of different games into Magic. And I've always wanted to say I counter your Pikachu. (laughs) Um, Is, uh, well, from what I've heard, I haven't done extensive research, which I probably should have, um, but Lord of the Rings and Warhammer, they're planning on entire sets specifically based on those IPs. Yep, I was doing some research about that. There are these new something balanced. I forget the terminology, but they're going to be not standard legal or something like that. Uh, It's going to be an interesting approach. I'm very curious to see what will happen. I don't necessarily think it will fit the magic lore, but it still could be an interesting way to spike new ideas into the magic multiverse and just go from there. Okay, that's fair. Um, and I guess last question, and you said you wanted just that one being blast, but it's fine. Keep going. Would you like to pay one for that? Uh, no. <laughs> Draw your card. I rarely, I rarely pay for smothering or ristics. I just, I don't, I don't have time for that. <laughs> no I have one has time for that. <laughs> a four, four for six that get when it gets a plus one, plus one counter can tap for six mana. I don't exactly. have time to pay one. Exactly, exactly. And then I'll finish off by opening a pack. Um, the last one I have here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Run through it a bit quicker here. Oh, we have. Sp- Spinneret Sliver. Solid. Gives my sl- all, all slivers. Creech. Or Creech. What's Creech? Reach. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sidewinder Sliver. So we got that flanking. <laughs> More flanking. Yep. Flanking is always hilarious. <laughs> We have another Street Wraith. Always a solid $2 card. Knight of the Holy Nimbus. Interesting. It's another flanker. I don't remember much about it. I just remember it flanks and does something silly. Yavimawa. Maya, sorry. Yavimaya Druid? Dryad. Dryad. Forest Rock. Interesting. Forest Rock. Yeah. Landwalks were always hilarious. Storm Tide Leviathan just demolishes over everything. Oh, yeah. I had a deck that I used with that, and it was pretty strong. Um, <laughs> Porphyry Nodes? I'm not quite sure how you say Oh, that. no one can ever pronounce that. Everyone just calls it Nodes. Sacking uh, creatures on the board every turn. It, it's essentially a Wrath. Ah, I see. That's our rare. I've only ever heard it referred to as Nodes. Goblin Engineer. Ooh, Goblin Engineer is a lot of fun pulling back artifacts all day long. Yeah, that's a really useful card. I like it. And a cute little Lenore Elves uh, token. <laughs> Creature token. Cool. Um, uh, I just want to thank you for giving people a platform that they can play. Um, me, specifically, where I can play Magic the Gathering um, and just mess around and have fun so that we don't have to um empty our wallets let's just say that (laughs) so 
So what's funny is a lot of people who use cockatrice also spend a lot of money on magic. I've heard a lot of different components from people where they buy a lot of magic cards, but cockatrice allows them to play with cards before release hits. So they're able to prepare for either their pre-release or their first standard event just right away. That makes sense. Yeah. I also agree with that. Like I stopped playing and then my friend in, in uh, like said, Hey, you can play it online. And I was like, what? Or you can play it on your PC. And I was just like, what? And kind of got me back interested into it again. And here I am buying new sets. <laughs> so I guess, um, even if I'm not playing at my local game shop, I'm still spending money on magic. So, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, and being able to be around people who played a lot, I kind of understand it better and understand what I really want from the game and what I want to buy in paper. So, um, and uh, where can our listeners connect and find you um, online? So the biggest places to find me, mostly on Discord, you can grab the Cockatrice one at cockatrice.us slash Discord. Perfect. And that's really the biggest place if you want to talk to me about anything magic-related. Uh, yeah, I'm also on Twitter at Zuzak for now. Maybe just a place for me to interact with the community a little bit. Cool, very cool. And I'll just include all of my stuff in the description as well as yours of the video. So awesome. thank you so much, Zach, for taking the time to uh, sit with me and discuss Cockatrice and Magic the Gathering. Yeah, of course. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Bye.